Rewind Football Fantasy. Fantasy Football Rewind. Welcome to Fantasy Football Rewind, hour number two of the Fantasy Football Rewind on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. My name is Tony Scott, and we're here every Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 a.m. Eastern, making sure you got everything you need to be successful. In week 15, fantasy's coming up. In the first hour, you heard my man Gary and Thorne breaking down everything you needed to be successful. And guess what? Let's get a little more. Gary and Thorne and Matt Franskovich of NFL.com. Come on a little bit as of late, but wide receiver twos and wide receiver threes against the Chiefs this season have really had their way. I know the Chiefs did look better last week against the Raiders. It was really only garbage time passing totals we saw in that game for Derek Carr and Michael Crabtree, but the Chiefs have been like a sneaky good team to pick on in the passing game. Do you go Williams or Westbrook again? I think I would lean Williams in this case just because... Uh... Phillip Rivers is a better quarterback than Blake Bortles, and I yep. use that sometimes as a tiebreaker when I'm trying to make these decisions. So, like, go with the guy with the better quarterback. And Williams has had two kind of boom weeks in the last three weeks. He had week 13, he had just one catch uh, for eight yards. So, you got to know what you're getting into here with Williams. If you want to go maybe the safer floor play, it's Didi, but I think Williams has that high variance ceiling where, you know, he has, he has three or four catches for like he had. 130 yards or whatever it was uh 132 yards actually you know in the touchdown last week with that 75 yard touchdown so uh, i think he's more capable of those boomer bust weeks uh but just know that you're getting into a high variance type of guy if you lean lean with williams uh well speaking of high variance as we move to the running back position it's been a real up and down season for Tariq Cohen, who I'm sure a lot of people are kicking themselves for how much of their fab budget they spent week one on Tariq Cohen. And look, no one can deny how good he looked and the flashes he's even shown since. But you look from week four to week 10, after the big start he had to his NFL career, didn't register a single double-digit fantasy point game in PPR settings, which again, is hard to do. PPR really does hand out the points. Since that point, though, three of his last four games, including an 80 rushing yard game last week, he's been putting together some nice games, Uh, 10 plus points in three of the last four. And the Lions are a pretty good matchup for opposing running backs, fifth most fantasy points to RBs. And that's not just good news for Jordan Howard, who is the bell cow in this offense, seven and a half targets per game to running backs as well. So if you're sitting there in a PPR right now and you need a second running back, you need someone to stick in at your flex, like Tariq Cohen could have had a massive game last week if a touchdown wasn't called back on a holding penalty. And he's also got like a little bit of special teams luster as well. What's your sort of sense of Tariq Cohen? Like, has he built his way back into our circle of trust? 
I think for this week, I really like Tariq Cohen as like a flex play. I'll- Tony Cicada, Fantasy Football Rewind. We're going to hear from Matt Franskovich. Ah, I have a hard time going, man. Week 15, we got it all on the line. I got a hard time doing that, man. But let's hear Matt Franskovich has to say. Don't go anywhere. When we come back, we'll get it all. And we'll get it now. Fantasy Football Rewind. Winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network is your free fantasy source 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. You can catch this show and many others live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app, iHeartRadio, or TuneIn Radio. Want to listen on your computer at work? Go to FNTSY.com slash radio or check us out on YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page where you can ask questions, discuss topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your questions on the air. The number Number is 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 days a year fantasy sports network of its kind without a subscription. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your fantasy source. Listening to Fantasy Football Rewind. My name is Tony Scotter. We got guys, Matt Franskovich, man. He's getting it done. NFL.com, Gary and Thorne. Who do you guys like for week 15? Talking to Rico, and I think this is dangerous, but let's hear what they got to say. Using him in a half point PPR semifinals where I'm kind of struggling at running back. But he scored back in week 11 against Detroit. He had nine carries and 44 yards and a rushing touchdown. He added four catches for 15 yards there. Like you said, Detroit gives up points to running backs. They're one of the worst in the league, actually, this week at that uh, this year. Uh, in terms of fantasy points allowed to the position, they've allowed seven total touchdowns to running backs the last four games. Uh, and we saw last week, I mean, Cohen had those 12 carries. I think the Bears, like, they, they want to dominate their oppo- opponent's with their running backs, the running backs are their most talented players. Uh, we saw it last week with Cincinnati, both Cohen and Howard had those big games. And I think by this point in the season, I would hope that the Bears coaching staff, which I, I don't know how much confidence you can put in this, but hope that they understand to get to, to be more unpredictable to their opponent. They need to get Cohen involved, get him these double digit looks out of the backfield and rotate him in with Jordan Howard. As much as I love Jordan Howard, he can't carry the ball 40 times a game and be successful with it. So I like Cohen. I like the matchup. It's a Saturday slate game, so it's 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 kind of an island game, so we'll get to really see what he can do. Uh, and I, if you watch the Fantasy Hipster segment this week on Fantasy Live, uh, later in the week, we talk about Tariq Cohen. So uh, check that out, too, as a sleeper. So, yeah, I, I love Cohen this week. 
I like uh, you guys standing up too. I know some people out there trying to steal the fantasy hipster segment, so I, I like that you guys are really oh, holding no around here. <laughs> no. Um, Jonathan Stewart. Let's talk about Jonathan Stewart for a second, who uh, might be one of the least hip players in the league. I mean, Jonathan Stewart, True. coming into the year, I feel like the way I would have described Jonathan Stewart was he's a slightly richer man's Frank Gore. And that's mm-hmm. not really a compliment to any of the parties involved. And it was crazy last week to see him score three touchdowns and look pretty good and pretty spry doing it. I mean, not only did he have that 40-plus yard touchdown breakaway run, but he also had that classic Jonathan Stewart dive over the pile and hold out the football for everyone to possibly knock it away kind of touchdown as well. 103 yards against the Vikings, too. That's pretty impressive. And it's kind of interesting that the Vikings were the team he did that against because in a weird way, the Vikings situation at running back is sort of comparable to that of the Panthers. I mean, it hasn't been as plentiful in terms of fantasy points given to owners, but you know, the way that Jonathan Stewart and Christian McCaffrey sort of have to share that backfield, much like Latavius Murray and Jarek McKinnon, I feel like in the way that people were undervaluing Murray a little bit, you know, four or five weeks ago at this point now, Jonathan Stewart's had like double-digit carries in all but one game this season. Actually 14th mm-hmm. overall in carries this year with 180. And you look specifically at the goal line work for the Panthers. I mean, it's always been the narrative that Cam takes the goal line rushes. That has been so far from the case this year. In terms of the carries inside the five-yard line, the only guys with more carries inside the five than Jonathan Stewart this season are Todd Gurley, Carlos Hyde, and Mark Ingram. That's some pretty good company to be in. It's tough to go into a semifinal matchup essentially just hoping that you get a touchdown from somebody, but if there was a running back to do that with, I feel like Jonathan Stewart's not the worst guy in the world to kind of bank on. Yeah, and he's been really productive over the last last stretch here. Like you said, uh, he's had double-digit carries in every game except one, and even given that volume, he had two weeks where he had negative fantasy points, which is kind of sad. Uh, but th- like I said, over the last month, he's been productive. He's had... 200-yard games and at least 100 yards or a touchdown in every game in his last four. So he's kind of trending up here. I like the matchup, too, against the Packers, who they're not, uh, you know, they don't, I think they're a bottom 11 team in terms of uh, fantasy points allowed to running back. So it's not like they're an awesome run-stopping unit for Green Bay. Uh, it's a home game for the Panthers, which I like the upside. And I don't think, you know, I mean, especially we're talking about waiver wire picks. If, if Jonathan Stewart's on your waiver wire ahead of week 15, definitely make him your number one priority because this is a guy who's locked into volume and he just scored three touchdowns. He's, and now he's got touchdowns in three straight games. So you definitely want to pick this guy up, if nothing else, to keep him away from someone else you're playing. Uh, even if you don't have room to get him into your lineup. But I think you should make room for him this week for sure. I like the play. That's true. Fantasy blocking is a very, very good tact to use at this point of the season. Uh, You're not trying to make friends. You're trying to win championships at this point. And as you mentioned, Green Bay, 4.9 yards per carry over their last three games. So maybe Stewart can take advantage of that with 12 to 15 touches in that contest. Uh, Kerwin Williams has not been lacking touches the last couple of games. He's got 36 carries and 170 yards in the Cardinals' last two contests. It's just tough to pick up a guy when we have no earthly idea what's going on with Adrian Peterson. Like, you could make the argument that there's no reason the Cardinals 
have to play this guy. Like, they're not fighting for their playoff lives. Peterson's been dealing with a neck injury. He hasn't been practicing. He's obviously getting up there in years. I mean, this is not sort of the situation you want to throw a guy into if he's not 100%. But we have no idea what they're going to do and what the week holds for Adrian Peterson. And then you kind of just look at this situation in a vacuum. You know, the David Johnson injury is going to get a whole lot of play for why the Cardinals season went so badly in 2017. But they're down to, like, what I feel like is their 17th left tackle. Like, Jared Veldier gets hurt last week. Earl Walford also leaves that game with a high ankle sprain. Like, they could have backup wide receivers playing guard this week, and it wouldn't shock me. Like, this can't be a situation you look at and go, I mean, the volume's there, but I don't know. Like, behind that offensive line, how much can we actually expect from Kerwin Williams in Week 15? Yeah, it's more. It's a matter of like he's getting the volume. He'll get you that yardage floor. He's at 97 and 73 yards the last two games. But I don't know. Like, like the touchdown upside just isn't there. Like you said, all these injuries in the offensive line. Basically, their only real reliable pass catcher is Larry Fitzgerald to really move the offense. And this offense is led led by Blaine Gabbert, who had some okay games, has had some not so so great games. So it's basically like, do you want like? six or seven standard fantasy points and zero receptions pretty much. I think Williams had one catch last week, but if you're not going to, I just don't know what his upside is in terms of touchdown scoring. So you got to kind of weigh the options. If you're in a deep league and you just need that floor, sure. Definitely pick up Williams and, you know, maybe start him if, if Peterson's out again, but he's definitely not going to be like a league winner for you or anything. That's for sure. Well, someone who actually might have won your semi—excuse uh, me, your quarterfinal matchup last week, surprisingly enough. I don't know why you would have played Rod Smith, but I'm sure somebody out there did. And in a PPR setting, a full-point PPR setting, the only guy to score more fantasy points than Rod Smith last week was some guy named Le'Veon Bell. So I feel like that's pretty good company for Rod Smith to be in. It's just yeah. that you look at this, he's got 33 fantasy points on 11 touches that's an insane yeah. ratio. He had an 81-yard receiving touchdown. Alf still out-touched him 200%, like 22 to 11, even if you can pick up Rod Smith. And I'm not saying you shouldn't pick up Rod Smith. There's no harm in having, like, running back depth if you need it. But there's, like, no rational reason you would actually start Rod Smith this week, right? No, I don't think so. Like you said, like the volume wasn't there. He kind of had one of those crazy Alvin Kamara type games where he just puts up a huge number on a limited amount of touches. And I'm not trying to compare the two players. They're obviously very different talents, but um, you, you can't bank on another 28 point game in a standard league. I mean, he had 113 receiving yards. I think he led the team actually. Uh, so it was just one of those kind of fluky games against a terrible Giants run defense. Uh, but, I mean, he you know, 11 touches, double-digit touches. He scored in three straight games now. He had uh, rushing touchdowns in Week 12 and Week 13. Uh, and, then, you know, he's been providing a, a decent floor. But like you said, like, they want Alfred Morris to be the volume guy. If they get a big lead, like, they're going to just give Alfred Morris the ball. But... You know, Rod Smith has a little bit of upside. He obviously has some explosiveness. His versatility will keep him on the field in situations that Alfred Morris won't be on the field. So, I mean, I think you could go either way on this. I think if you do start Rod Smith, though, you're definitely going to be stressing out about it because you never know. Like, is he going to get 11 touches? Is he going to get three touches? You don't know. So it's definitely a risky play. Uh, maybe maybe like a value play in, for uh, some PPR upside in DFS formats. 
But other than that, like I said, uh, maybe you just add him to block him from uh, the Zeke owner in your league picking him up for a week. Yeah, and I, and I think almost in the way that Kerwin Williams is a very obvious step down in archetype from Jonathan Stewart, I would much rather have Tariq Cohen, who has a very similar yeah. style of running back to Rod Smith this week. And both are widely available, as mentioned. Yeah. Uh, once again, that is Matt Franciscovich of NFL.com and NFL Network. Do make sure you watch the Fantasy Hipsters this week. Always a good time with you and Matt Harmon. Uh, Matt, thanks so much for hopping on, man. Thanks, man. Good luck this week. Good luck to you too, man. And good luck to everyone else out there who is gunning for that fantasy championship berth. Hopefully, we helped you a little bit on today's show. And hopefully, you come back tomorrow on The Rotation. Welcome back, Fantasy Football Rewind. Great job there, Matt Franskovich and Gary and Thorne. Guys, we're absolutely getting it done. I'll tell you what, we're going to get it done. We'll take a quick break, then we'll come back, we'll get you some gambling information in case you want to make a little shekels. Got to make some shekels. I think that's what they call it, shekels. Stay tuned for more Fantasy Football Rewind. that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. My name is Tony Cicada, and the great thing here is we help you out with fantasy. We try to help you out wagering on the games. And here's my guy Gabe Morrissey with Jeff Nando of Big Man on Campus. You are watching Morency Unfiltered. I am Gabe Morency. Let's uh, do this thing. It's a Twisted Tuesday edition of uh, the program, which means we send it to South Philadelphia. Big man on campus steps up and and, and uh, you know it's been uh, it's been quite the uh, quite the last forty eight to seventy two hours of course in the Philadelphia sports scene it's been uh, quite an emotional season uh, across the board actually for Philadelphia sports fans uh, from the process hype to Markel Fultz um, and it's funny actually because everyone's talking about Carson Wentz's injury right now but I think because the Eagles are doing so well if the Eagles were like average this year. 
or the Eagles weren't doing well, I imagine Philly sport fan would be freaking out about Markel Fultz and what's going on there. Uh, but right now, they're sort of in a state of mourning, but should they be? I don't know. The odds makers don't think so. There really hasn't been that much of a huge move, guys. Uh, even though the and there's been a couple of days now, so it's settled in. The odds makers, you know, the Eagles were like plus 300 before to win the NFC, and the Vikings were plus 350. You know what's different now? The Vikings are plus 300 and the Eagles are plus 350. Essentially, the Vikings and the Eagles switch spots from being favorites and co-favorites of a difference of 50 cents. You know, the Eagles are still regarded as a as a um, as a a higher chance of winning by the odds makers, we should say, uh, than than the Saints, the Panthers, the Seahawks, and all these other teams uh, that are in the NFC right now. Let's bring in a man uh, who I'm sure has uh, thoughts on all of the above, including the balls going to Lithuania, Villanova, Temple. You know, you know call me Howard Askin because we're talking Philly sports right now. What's going on, big man? <laughs> What's up, Gabe? Good to be with you today. Uh, you know, uh, I, I heard your discussion, and you mentioned the 50-cent difference. It's really going to be about who gets home field advantage to me. If the Eagles get a home field advantage, I think they'll beat the Vikings. I think if you have to go out and play the Vikings, because let's be honest, Gabe, the Vikings and the Eagles are very similar football teams. And the truth of the matter is, Nick Foles has been a better cr- quarterback in his career than Case Keenum. Numbers don't lie. Uh, the fact that Case Keenum's had a great year, I'm not going to take that away from him. But if you look at both these teams, they both had to play through adversity. I think it's really for the Eagles, it's all about you have to go out and get home fit advantage. You have two very winnable games coming up against the the, the dreadful Giants and the, the Raiders on Christmas at home. Um, Nick Foles, I'm a Nick Foles guy. Look, I think the fact that he's even here is, is a bit of a, a stretch. I mean, he had considered retirement at one point. I think he's been, to me, the most unlucky quarterback in his career. He's had to play under Jeff Fisher. He had to play under that nut Chip Kelly uh, who, you know, traded all of his weapons away. He goes out to Kansas City, has to play behind Alex Smith. Um, he's had a pretty poor career as far as just not having really a ton of opportunities to uh, say who he is. I think he's a starter probably um, in this league, but uh, I'm sure how glad to have him here. One thing about Nick Foles is if you put Nick Foles as a starter right now and uh, you put him – uh, you know, you put him on the Indianapolis Colts or you put him on the Cleveland Browns or you put him on the Buffalo Bills or the New York Jets, he would be like Nick Foles. Uh, you know, I spoke to Dave Malinsky earlier in the day. If you take out that great year that he had with Chip Kelly, he's got a quarterback rating of 78, which uh, right now is the identical uh, quarterback rating of Brett Hundley and Joe Flacco. So that's sort of where he's at if you take away that 27-2 and two year, whatever it was. But... You look at the Philadelphia Eagle talent that they have. I mean, Nick Foles can make plays here. I mean, all he's got to do is hand the ball off to Blunt Ajayi. He's got wide receivers that that make plays, that can make plays after the catch. He's got one of the best tight ends in the league in Zach Ertz. You know, the Eagles' defense, I think, has problems when they play against a top-notch quarterback that can throw the ball. As we, you know, we saw, we saw Wilson and we saw Goff both have success against them. That's going to be a little bit of a problem. But their defense is still very good uh, overall. They're still a very good team. One thing I'll say, big man, is I look at the NFC now. I think any one of these teams could beat each other. I think Philadelphia could beat Minnesota or lose to Minnesota. I think New Orleans could beat Philadelphia or lose to Philadelphia and beat Minnesota or lose to Minnesota. I mean, look at these games. The Philadelphia Ram game was could have went either way, even if Wentz doesn't get hurt. 
it was going back and forth. It was just one of those deals. Um, you know, the Falcons, Falcons and, uh, and Saints, close game. Uh, Panthers and Vikings, close game. Week before, Vikings and Falcons, close game. I mean, it's a pattern here with all these teams in the NFC playing each other, and there's not a lot of gap in between these teams in all actuality, big man. It's going to be, be pretty crazy, man. I really have no idea who's going to be left standing when it's all said and done in the NFC anymore. Yeah, I, I think the interesting point you make about, you mentioned about if you put Nick Foles on the Colts or Browns, I, I think if you put a lot of quarterbacks on those two teams, they're not going to be good unless you're Tom Brady in his prime or, or Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you know, it, it's you have to be a special quarterback to make those teams good. But you know, like you said, I mean, even when Nick Foles took this team to the playoffs in 2013, a year they lost to the Saints in Philadelphia. I remember that game. Uh, sitting there watching, uh, I forget the kicker at the time, kicked that field goal to beat us. Uh, Nick Foles has a lot better weapons. He's a way better coach. He has a way better defense. I do agree with you. This defense has some concerns right now. And, you know, over the next couple weeks, they're not going to be tested much. But really, I think for them, it's day by day. If you can get to the home field advantage, you have two games uh, to get to the Super Bowl. Likely, you know, other teams will get – you know, teams are going to get knocked out. Maybe you don't have to face the Saints. If I don't face anyone, I don't want to face the Saints because, as you said, I think Drew Brees is the one quarterback out of all these teams in the NFC because I got to tell you, I don't worry a ton about Case Keenum. I think Cam Newton's beatable. I think um, – you know, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to get the, a chance to go that far. Um, he's the guy I don't want to see. Drew Brees is not the guy I want to see. I wouldn't write off the general. Falcons either. Well, yeah, even them. But you know, the Falcons versus the Eagles, it would be it would be a track meet shootout that whoever has the ball last would win type of deal. But be I very wonder, similar. Can they go on the road and win in Philadelphia in January. That that's no. a big concern. I and would doubt it. But with Nick Foles at QB, you don't know. Sure, no, you I know, don't. That's the thing. It's wide open. Sure, it definitely is. And and you know, clearly, I'm not going to make the case that Nick Foles is Carson Wentz. All I'm saying is, I think Nick Foles, largely in his career, has had disappointment after disappointment. I think we also underrate that he's just a statue in the backfield. We have to remember, in high school, uh, he had a scholarship to Georgetown, for God's sake, to play basketball. I'm not saying he's a speedster. I'm not saying he's Carson Wentz. But, you know, he uh, has the ability. The bigger concern for the Eagles Any quarterback is, in the NFL is a good athlete. People, sure. Yeah, people that think, oh, this guy and that guy. Dude, the guy's a quarterback in the NFL. He's obviously, exactly. you know, every quarterback in, in the NFL was a star in high school in multiple sports for the most part. Right, and, and they're all decently mobile. The concern for the Eagles on the offense, Gabe, to me is their left side of their offensive line. Stefan Wisniewski has to be in there. He did not play in the second half on Sunday, and Isaac Ciamalo has no business in the NFL, and Chance Warmack has been a major disappointment at left guard. You also remember uh, Vitae's in there as well. So they need – Wisniewski's probably, Gabe, right now the most important player other than maybe Lane Johnson uh, on this on this offense. They have to be able to protect Nick Foles because, as you've mentioned, uh, he's definitely not anywhere near – or anyone's mentioned he's not the athlete that Carson went to. Tell you what, last night was a big night. When you look at it, I was watching the NBA game and got that Aaron Rodgers news, and I was fired up. I said, yeah, baby! Aaron Rodgers is back for the playoffs! Woo! I felt like Ric Flair, man. I felt like Ric Flair in heat. I love it. Back to Gabe Morrissey, Jeff Nato. 
very dangerous football team. If they get into the playoffs, will be the Green Bay Packers. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers comes back this week. They're playing the Carolina Panthers. They're, you know, the, the Packers just believe. And Aaron Rodgers is just one of those guys, man. He's like uh, Moses. People will yes. follow him. You know, like Rodgers going to get up and say, all right, we got this, guys. My deal with them, and I want to jump on this Packer bandwagon, but how is Aaron Rodgers going to play against this defense? Carolina's got a nasty defense. Aaron Rodgers is great, but the guy hasn't played in an active game in a, long, in a couple of months. He's going to come out of the field against the Panther defense that's pretty salty on this field, man. And then after that, they get the Minnesota Vikings, and then they're at the Detroit Lions. And they got to climb a couple of teams. So if the Packers got in, big man, yes, they'd be dangerous. And I think they could go on a run all the way to the Super Bowl. I got to tell you. But I they actually, can't get in because of the schedule. I, I, I disagree with you completely. I think their defense is awful. And I don't, I don't, I don't think they're going to get in to begin with. But I said before the year, Gabe, I didn't think. I saw a lot of people saying this they're going to go to the Super Bowl because they have Aaron Rodgers. The problem is they don't have very much else. They can't run the ball. Uh, their their weapons are, are decent. Yeah, but they're that not great. that Aaron Rodgers. Now you but can't say they don't game. have anything else. They have Devontae Adams. Right. They got Jordy Nelson. They got a sure. decent ground game. Sure. Their defense. Their defense has been better this year. Their but defense it's, is it's average. Really bad though. I mean, it's among the worst in the league. If we look at stats, though, uh, big man. 26th in the league. I mean, that's... All right, look, I mean, they give up 240 yards a game in a year. That's ranked 24th. Yeah, that's All pretty right. bad. They, they give up 113 on the ground. That's ranked 18th. Right. I mean, but here's the let's thing. Look I mean, at, look let's at the, look at your Philadelphia Eagles here. Your secondary... The Philadelphia Eagles are, are the fourth best defense your, in the league. Your They're secondary is worse. Their run defense is... Uh, way better, 200 yards better than, or 200 yards better yeah, than the, anyone else. The secondary that, isn't, though. The secondary's ranked 13th. Green Bay's ranked 18th. Right, babe, Gabe, but we're, we're grafting for straws here. Philadelphia's fourth in the league in total defense. The, the Green yeah, Bay but Packers let's, are let's look, let's look at the schedule and the teams, though, that Philly's played against. Yeah, and we're, we're grafting the, for straws The Chicago here, Bears, the I think uh, Jeff Nadeau is a homer. Homer! You're a Philadelphia homer! He's talking like Nick Foles is going to have a bust in Canton. Are you kidding me? Take a quick break. We'll be back with more. Gabe Morris and Jeff Nadeau breaking down NFL futures. Stay tuned for more on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. If you're playing daily fantasy basketball on DraftKings or FanDuel this NBA season, you need to sign up for Daily Roto. Built by a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. Better yet, you can save 10% off using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com backslash premium to learn more about their product.
Welcome back. Fantasy Football Rewind. Here are the betting previews, NFL future discussions as they get it done. Gabe Morency. The San Francisco 49ers. You haven't played a murderer's row here, dude. Like, no wonder you got good stats. Truth of the matter is, if Nick Foles is your quarterback the entire year, the Eagles would have maybe one less one less win, probably. They That's probably crazy talk. You think that if Nick Foles has been a QB all year, that the Eagles right now would be 10-3? and three. Go down their schedule and tell me, other than Carolina, who they wouldn't have beat. They'd, they'd be, if, if Nick Foles is their QB right now, they'd be 7-6 and six, like all these other teams. Go are. down the schedule and do it. They're, they would be 10-3. and three. They we, I don't like playing what-ifs and hypotheticals about going backwards, but see, so you're saying that Carson Wentz has no impact then? You, I'm you're not saying, saying that. That's well, you're, you're saying he only has one game impact. One, only one game no, difference. No, I'm telling you. No, I'm actually, if you would listen, I'm basing and under, I'm making your point that you've just made about their schedule. Their schedule's been a mess. It's not been good. Carson Wentz is a way better quarterback, but the fact is, Nick Foles probably would have won most of these games as well. The, the Denver sucks. Let's not the, get carried away with Nick Foles here. Like, it's, you know, he's okay, big man, but there's no way in hell. I think the Eagles have a shot with Nick Foles. They went from being legitimate NFC conference contenders to we got a shot as much as anyone else right now. No, no, that's not what they are. They are still the best team. If they get home fit advantage, they are still very much – I mean – there's Case. They're no different than the Vikings game. What do you? Uh, Case Keenum has worse numbers than Nick Foles' career. What, what are we not seeing here? The Vikings, Case Keenum is the same exact quarterback as Nick Foles, the, if not worse. The Vikings have a much better defense. That's the difference with the Eagles. Teams aren't going up and down the field on the Vikings, you know, in the same way that you could throw on the Eagles. That's that. When it comes to the playoffs, that's going to be the difference. You're 100% devaluing because you think the Eagles have a bad pass defense. When they really don't, if you look at yards per game, would I agree with you? Minnesota does have a better pass I defense, just watched them the play Eagles... two good quarterbacks and get absolutely lit up. Well, you're again, which you've also used in the past that you don't care at all about what happened last week, yet you still continue to reference stuff that happened two weeks well, ago. Well, they played two good teams. They, you know, they haven't played good teams all year for the most part. They play a good Seattle, a decent Seattle team, a great quarterback, and, you know, he, he puts up massive numbers. Uh, last week, you played against the, an explosive young offense. They put up 35 points. Yeah, it's not like the Eagles are some shutdown defense. They're good Keep defense. In mind, one of them was a blocked punt. The other one was an interception inside the red zone that was not Carson Wentz's fault. So 14 of the 35 points were not caused uh, by the defense. Just remember. And Goff, so, Goff, Goff only did have uh, 199 Goff, yards. Goff was passes. not good. You would agree, right? You would agree with that. He was not good in that game. Yeah, Todd Gurley had 96. Sure. He had 96 yards on only 13 carries. He averaged like eight yards a carry. <laughs> All I'm saying is, this is the last thing I'll say on the Eagles, then we can move on. The run defense that they have, they're 200 yards better than everyone else. They've only given up 926 rushing yards this year. The next closest, 1,148. They're giving up almost 17 yards less than every other team in the NFL. Um, they didn't play well against Todd Gurley. You're not gonna, I'm not going to disagree with you there, um, but to say that Minnesota is a way better team than the Eagles, I just don't think that's true i'm not i didn't say way better i think they're i think they're 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 even but now without carson wentz minnesota has the advantage and i said they have a better defense that's what i said 
Yeah. We'll see. It's going to be fun. Like I told you, I, I think if it's in Minnesota. I agree with everything you say, except for the fact that there's no way in hell the Eagles would be 10-3 and three if Nick Foles is their quarterback all year long. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll ask you to do this. After the show, just take two minutes, go down their schedule, and tell me games that they would have lost other than Carolina. I don't know that I see very many games that they lose uh, without you know, if Nick Foles is in there. I just I don't. Yeah, Nick Foles had one good year in the NFL. You know, like he's 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 got talent around him. I mean, he's not had a really good, a, a lo- very lucky career though either. He had that nut job, Jeff uh, Fisher. He had Carson Wentz, uh, or not Carson, Wentz, Chip Kelly trade away all his weapons. He hasn't exactly had uh, a lot to work with. Frankly. I'll give you. I'll give you. Uh, I'll give you. Uh, I'll say though, Philadelphia has a uh, a reputation. Of, of being negative sports fans, but you're you're uh, you're poly positive. I, I'll give you credit, big man. Because you're I think trying to year, look at everything as the glass half full. <laughs> well, I think this year, Gabe, I, I, there's nothing I've said here that is absolutely ridiculous. Everything I'm saying is true. They're 11 and two. I'm not worried about who they played. The fact is, they're 11 and two. We have a season in front of us where if we can win the next two games, we have a real good shot of hosting playoff games. I'm not going to go and tell you I think they're going to win the Super Bowl because I don't think they are. But, again, it sucks Carson Wentz. I woke up Monday and said to myself, oh, my God, could you imagine if Carson Wentz doesn't get injured, what position the Eagles would be in right now? It sucks because throughout my whole life, Gabe, since being an Eagles fan, my whole life, every year something good happens, something bad happens. We went to the Super Bowl. Terrell Owens breaks his leg. Donovan McNabb tears his ACL in 06. Um, you know, Nick Foles gets injured. Uh, Michael Vick gets injured. There's, it's always an issue. Allen Iverson gets injured the whole season when we went to the finals, and we faced the, the arguably the best team in the last 15 years in the NBA. It just it sucks, you know. It's it, it's tough to be a fan, but as you know, with the Bills, uh, you're aware. I mean, Jeff Hostetler, you remember that name? I mean, you you know all about this kind of stuff. Yeah, Jeff Hostetler. Well, yeah, Jeff Hostetler, uh, son of a bitch. I don't know how he hung on to the football in the end zone when Bruce Smith hit him. I tell you that much. That game, the, the Bills would have won the Super Bowl. You remember, you you get heartbreak. You and I are a lot alike as far as our teams. We get a lot of heartbreak. Certain fans get heartbreak all the time, man, and it's it's a killer. It's a killer. I knew it. I was a Red Sox and Patriots fan before it was cool, before they were winning, when we were crazy. But now, I gotta like it. I gotta like it. Here is more Gabe Morency, which we also like. All right, Super Bowl odds. We'll run, we'll blast through a quick futures, but which conference is gonna win? The AFC is minus 138 slash 140. Um, NFC plus 100. NFC plus 100. I'm telling you right now, the NFC will win the Super Bowl. I don't know which team it's going to be, uh, but I don't, you know, listen, you, you got Pittsburgh and New England. I, You know, Pittsburgh or New England would be real dangerous. I, you know, it sounds crazy, but I think Pittsburgh are more dangerous than New England are, actually. Well, I actually agree with you. I, I, I actually picked them this morning on our show at SVR. I pick, I think Pittsburgh's going to win the Super Bowl. I actually think they're going to beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl, frankly. I think they're going to play each other, and I think you know Antonio Brown's going to catch a pass similar to what he did against Baltimore. Uh, it's going to be a close game, very defensive 
good defensive battle. You'll think it'll be offensive, but it'll be defensive. I think the Steelers are the best team in the league. I think they're going to win a Super Bowl this year. They're going to play for Shazier, uh, and I, I think that's going to be the, the theme of the, the winter for the Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers uh, right now are the uh, second choice to win the Super Bowl after the New England Patriots. Patriots plus 260, Steelers plus 450, Minnesota Vikings 7-1, to one. Philadelphia Eagles 9-1, to one. New Orleans Saints 11-1, to one. Rams 14-1. to one. That's one team that I'll scratch. I think the Rams are just too young and raw. I, yeah. like, I like what I see from them athletically, but bad penalties, undisciplined. You know, not everyone's getting in here either. It's going to be musical chairs over the next couple of weeks here and then even into the playoffs. I don't see the Rams going deep here. So I, I think the Rams are due for, uh, due for aggression. In fact, I think they lose to Seattle this week. The Atlanta Falcons are 14-1. to 1. This is like Bitcoin. They're trending upwards, the Falcons. I wouldn't discount these guys. All right? You know, last year they were 7-5. and five. They had the exact same record at the same time of the year. Now they're 8-5. and five. They're playing games that they can control their own destiny. The Falcons could still win that division. Like, don't discount the Falcons right now. Seattle Seahawks, 16-1. to 1. You got the Chargers, way over hype Chargers. They're going to lose to the Chiefs. And then, you know, you get into the long shots here. Jags, 20-1. to 1. Panthers, 22-1. to 1. Chiefs, 25-1. to 1. Ravens, 40-1. to 1. Green Bay Packers, 50-1. to 1. That's value if they get in. But, um, uh, but, all right, we've got about three, four minutes left uh, here, big man. So uh, let's talk about um, Villanova and Temple. Always a big uh, basketball game. Big five uh, rivals. Villanova looking to sweep all five. Gabe, this is Fantasy Football Rewind. We don't care about the basketball, but great stuff there. I'll tell you what. How do you not take the Packers at 50-1 to with Aaron Rodgers? He's run the table. Six wins, and you're in. You make the money. And you love it. Taking a quick break to come back and finish off Fantasy Football Rewind on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Playing daily fantasy basketball this year? Consider Daily Roto your go-to resource. Whether you play on DraftKings or FanDuel, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. With a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, there's no better place to get your NBA DFS content. Better yet, you can save 10% using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com premium and learn more about our awesome product. Welcome back, Fantasy Football Rewind. My name is Tony Cicada. I'll tell you what, we got an interesting thing going on in one of my leagues. We got a, a team. We have an old, We have two separate leagues in the Grand Street Tavern League, two 12-team leagues. And then we play out the 12-team leagues, and then I just uh, 
I go in uh, like this, and I go in, um we have an overall championship, which we do weeks 14 to 16, highest points scored, and you get the average from the season. The lady that's in the lead by 40 points lost both her quarterbacks, and we don't allow pickups during the playoffs. So she's got to try to hang on with no pickups. And uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be real interesting. And I, I think she can do it. I think she can do it. I think she could rock it out and become a champion with no quarterback. And she had a losing record on the season. She had the most points of anyone in the two leagues. It's just crazy fantasy football. The ins and outs of it. The craziness of it all. I love every moment of it. We got to make things happen. And we got to take it all and get it done and make sure you become a fantasy champion when it's all on the line and that's what it's all about having the games on the line and becoming the guy that you can take and put all the money on there and are we willing to do it And willing to go and say, Tony, I'm putting Aaron Rodgers in. Because he's the best man back. And he's ready to go. He's ready and raring to go. You're listening to Fantasy Football Rewind on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. My name is Tony Cicada. We'll be back tomorrow, 1 a.m. Eastern. We follow up Fantasy Football News Desk on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. So make sure you take a listen and get it done.